1: Hey everybody, how you doing? Well that's good, you're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY, my name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, and woo, another one in the win column for our fighting flyers. Where do we even begin with this one? I mean, where we begin is, we got Charlie O'Connor, Philadelphia's number one beat reporter. It's nice to have you in studio live for one of these things, Charlie. It's even nicer after what was a pretty damn entertaining win you know, they come out on Wednesday. They absolutely dominate the game, outshoot uh, Buffalo forty to fifteen, but somehow lose five to two the hockey gods give and the hockey gods take away tonight i think they only had like 20 shots on goal score five themselves blow out the uh blow out the buffalo sabers in buffalo and the two games basically balance each other out right yeah i mean in a sense although, I mean they played great in both Yeah you could argue they yeah. should have won both but hey
0: sometimes hockey is hockey and your starting goalie gets injured and your backup goalie doesn't play that well and then boom but tonight they just i think really carried over cuz if you go back to Wednesday, Wednesday's game and Tortorella made this very clear after the game he didn't like their start but he felt like probably the final 50 minutes of that game the second half of the first period through the rest of the game they outplayed the Sabres despite what the final score was considerably yeah and what you saw tonight especially in the first period was the Flyers just carrying over that quality of play because around you know in the second period and in the third period the Sabres kind of woke up a little bit but that first period it looked like there was an NHL team versus an AHL team out there the Flyers were just the Flyers were in the game, and the Sabres were just skating around.
1: No, it, it, that's very much what it looked like. And going back to Wednesday, I remember when we talked after that game, I said – Like, it started out a lot like the Carolina game where I thought, ooh, I don't know if the Flyers can handle their skill and speed and then just absolutely took over the game after that. Like, it wasn't – yeah, you know, Buffalo scored a bunch of goals, but Sam Erson wasn't ready to play. Yeah, He was tonight. Uh, We're going to get into him in a little bit, but just step back. You and I both came into this season thinking – Maybe not bottom five, but maybe round where they were last year, bottom seven, top ten pick definitely. I still don't want to say they're good, but they play well more nights than not, right? Like They, they point, certainly have. I know. Like, I can't, we can't get too ahead of ourselves. It is still just what – yeah, today's November 3rd. But, like, they pretty much always look like a competitive team. Let's let's say
0: this. They're currently doing a very good impersonation of a good hockey
1: team. <laughs> like, like maybe it's just they're they're in a Halloween costume of a good team. But whatever it is, like they just look really good. Uh, I do want to start tonight, though. You know, we get the uh, we get the news. I guess earlier today that Sean Couturier wasn't going to play. We knew on Wednesday that, and maybe Thursday that uh, Carter Hart was going to miss some time. Um, conservatively those are two of their three most valuable players if not their two absolute best players that's fair like at least most valuable in terms of everything you ask those two guys to do and it's like all right well yeah territorial domination in on wednesday that's that's kind of couturier's thing you know how is it how are they gonna fare without him tonight against a team that does have some star power yeah okay, they didn't dominate the game the way they did on Wednesday, but by the final score they did. Yeah. Like, they did this without Carter Hart, and I think even more impressively without Sean Couturier, I'm kind of at a loss right now. Like, it's, (laughs) we came into the year going, you know, if this is – if they just kind of win a little more than we expect, but it's, yeah, Sean Couturier, Sean Couturier, and Carter Hart steals them a bunch of games, does that really accomplish anything? Well, tonight, they win without either of those guys. I just can't help but impressed with this just team right now just, that's it's <laughs> i just i have very little other than i'm impressed yeah no they're they're looking really good and i wrote a
0: story earlier this week you pumped it up on twitter just looking at the changes they've made stylistically and the big change that they've made based on what i've tracked what i went back and re games and then also the conversations i've had with john tortorella is that he wants the flyers to open things up more he wants them to to stop playing just pure dump and chase hockey being so scared to to make a play that they lose a bunch of games 2-1 and 3-1 and 1-0 and I think you saw it in these two games against Buffalo this is a Flyers team that is trying to make plays they are trying oh, to yes. ca- they are trying to carry the puck into the offensive zone they are willing to take the take the risk of maybe there's going to be a turnover they're they're sending guys deep into the neutral zone to try to get stretch passes like they are trying to make things happen and and I almost wonder if it's going to be interesting and I, I'm working on a two-part mailbag part one came out today part two came is coming out tomorrow only for diehard members so if you're not a diehard Remember, sign up check Don't it out cheap. but one of the it was i forget it was if it was in this mailbag the one that was released today or the one that's coming out saturday but one thing i wondered in one of my answers is could part of this by this i mean the flyers playing this well could part of this be that other teams are underrating them that other teams are coming in thinking that they're going to be facing off against a Flyers team that's as bad as everyone expected, and they're just getting shocked by how engaged this Flyers team is, and honestly, with how much skill up and down the lineup they have. They don't have the superstars, but they can roll four pretty darn good lines.
1: They have three second lines. Yeah, I, would, I I'm. I'm I mean, with Sean Couturier, it's sure. a little more like once, once Scott Lawton is one of your top nine centers, it's hard to say that, but it's like... Yeah, they kind of come at you in waves, and you see them roll four lines tonight. The fourth line chips in another goal. Yeah. Garnett Hathaway, uh, spoiler alert, he's going to factor into my three stars of the game. I <laughs> uh, loved, loved how he played tonight, but I uh, just... Like looking at the way this year started and we were impressed with the quality of team they were beating. And it was, alright, well maybe Vancouver, you know, they have skill but they're not as good as we think they are. Vancouver's the best team in Canada right now. Yeah, It's like, okay Edmonton, they're off to a slow start, but they have Connor McDavid and the Flyers don't So (laughs) you know like You would expect and now Buffalo Okay maybe it's possible And Buffalo not off to the best start either But maybe it's possible they underestimate The Flyers on Wednesday and that leads to Like the Flyers just kind of jumping on them the way They did but tonight You just played them They beat the shit out of you despite the final Score There's no way you took them lightly and I think it was pretty apparent that they Wouldn't by the fact that Yes, you know, he played great on Wednesday, so I guess you give him the start again against the same team. But with back-to-backs and tomorrow being a national, like it's a big game, Hockey Night in Canada in Toronto. And and it's a division game. Yeah, and in the division, they're going to give rookie Devin Levi, who hasn't been very good, that game. And they used Lucanen against the Flyers again tonight. Didn't work the way it did Wednesday. right? But I just think that kind of goes to the mindset of, all right, if teams were underestimating them, they're not
0: anymore. They shouldn't be. They really shouldn't be un- underestimating the Flyers at this point because, while, and we've broken this down from the start, they lack high-end talent. The defense, maybe, the defense core, I mean, is maybe playing a little bit over its head to start the year, but this team is going to work friggin' hard. And they're going to make life tough on you and if you look, you can beat the Flyers. You can. If you have more skill, you can do what Dallas did, what Vegas did, whereas over time you start to to find those holes in the lineup that the Flyers have. But if you're going to do it, you're going to have to work your ass off to do it. And if you do what Buffalo did in the first period and just kind of – Not show up. Yeah, and just kind of think that "Ah, we'll just go out there and we'll win again. The Flyers are going to do what they did to Buffalo tonight, which is come out there and score, what, two goals in like 32 seconds?
1: Yeah, it was right away uh, again, which is funny because they jumped on him, what, 55 seconds in uh, with the Faraby goal, a little fluky on Wednesday. But then they come right back and have – an even better start, yeah. because like Farabee scored on Wednesday, but it was... Buffalo kind of owned that first part of the first period. Absolutely. This one was all Flyers the entire first period. Buffalo started to come on a little at the end. They get the power play to start the second, and the game was a little more even from there, but the Flyers took advantage of their opportunities, so they are able to make it look like they dominated the game on the score. But, yeah, it's... I just... I guess how much of this because this was a question I got in the mini mailbag I did for YouTube the other day that I wanted to kind of run by you. How much of this is the Flyers have really improved from last year? And you've the article if you haven't read Charlie's article about the stylistic change they've made. It's great shit, classic uh, classic O'Connor, really (laughs) good stuff. Uh, But like, how much of this is team is better? They and you know Couturier back Hart. Atkinson, all that, but younger guys taking steps, everyone. And how much of it is just the Tortorella effect? yeah it's the beginning of the season and the flyers work real hard like how do we weigh this well the, there's the, no way to know until he, december yeah right? i was
0: gonna say the great thing about this is we're gonna find out because yeah. there are going to be more games there's another what 71 left to play so we're gonna find out but look i'm sure they're benefiting from the fact that tortorella and it's not even just that he runs them hard in camp is that you have to work your tail off in the summer to survive a john tortorella camp which means that they're probably in better shape than most teams now over the course of a season that gap will probably shrink because teams some guys play themselves in a shape like i'm of the personal belief that jake voracek wasn't at his best physically until december every year and i think there are quite a few players in the nhl that are probably like that so the gap will shrink and in like, that to be regard fair,
1: it's a fucking long season it is a long season <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like <laughs> it, it might not be the greatest thing in the world to peak right away you know we you look at the last couple of uh Like president's trophy winner, like going back to the Tampa team, dominates all year, out in the first round. Boston last year, best team ever. Out in the first round. Maybe winning a bunch of October and November games isn't all that important, especially if you have higher aspirations. To be sure. And like I think that like some veteran guys like Jake. Yeah, like we know you're gonna be fine. We know you're gonna be fine. But for this team and the point they're at This is what they're supposed to be doing, and they're doing it like there are no expectations for this team. People think that they're bad, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go out and out work it." Good luck, and it's it's actually
0: working. Yeah, I I think you know what it really boils down to, and why this start is so exciting. It's not that I think the Flyers are going to go on this surprising Cinderella run. It's not even that I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a team where. They're doing everything they can do to build a foundation and a structure. That then, if you take the blue chip prospects they have coming and put that on top of what they have now, suddenly that could be a contender because they're doing, they're, they're getting as much out of the talent they have as they can, and they have more talent coming in the coming years. And that's the exciting part of this because it's one thing to add blue chip prospects it's one thing to add high-end talent but if you're not if you're not you know if you don't have people behind them that are supporting them number one but if you don't have a team that's playing as a cohesive whole that can carry play that can get those guys into the offensive zone to work their magic then you're going to spin your wheels like edmonton did for years until they finally got good like buffalo right now yeah like i i would love to see Cutter Gauthier and Mafemichkov come to a Flyers team that is already collecting 53% of the expected goals on a nightly basis and then have them supercharge the thing. Rather now than, it's
1: 56 yeah, and we're really good. Yeah,
0: like rather than, that, than they have to come in and fix it. Like let's have it already fixed and already be a bubble team and then you get those guys the, and then we're cooking
1: with gas. The analogy I've been making in my head is like the NFL team with – the really good defense, like nice O-line, couple of good playmakers, and it's like, yeah, we got some bum at quarterback. <laughs> if, like the the Tampa Bay Bucks pre-Tom Brady. Yeah, fair. Like if we can just – Get that guy in that spot. Yeah. We will then have everything. Yeah. And it's like the Flyers—they're far from having everything. Like Cutter, Gauthier, and Matt Vey, Mitchkov are not going to step in and make this a Stanley Cup no, team. Not, not at all. Like, young teams don't win. First of all, like if your best players are young, it's going to take a little bit. But like, I'm seeing it. Yeah. I'm actually seeing it. And I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to sound like a fanboy. But if you've been listening to me and Charlie long enough. You know, I actually fucking hate this team. <laughs> like, and like I, I, we came into the year with such low expectations, and maybe it's like, maybe it's the benefit of those expectations that they're so drastically like they just look good. They're a five hundred team, you know. Yeah. yeah. But they're so drastically outperforming what I expected, even on a night like tonight with no heart, no Couturier, that it's hard not to look to the future and go, it's actually bright because I know we. Listen, we all have heard, oh, they're you know, two to three years away from being... <laughs> it. I know. Listen, and I catch myself talking because, like, it is the time frame because of Michkov. Mm. You know, like, it's actually three years. Yeah. And so you say it, and then you hear yourself say it and go, am I one of them? Like, am I actually <laughs> falling into the... But it's true. And if those guys, like, if Gauthier can join this team maybe at the end of this season, if they can get Michkov early, oh, my God, because I'm... I'm just like gonna convince myself he's gonna come early. I know we talked. I know we talked. You you know
0: what? Before the year, we talked
1: about like let's just say it's gonna be four years from now, and if it's earlier, that'll be a nice Christmas surprise for everyone. No. No, I want Christmas in July. I want him now. <laughs> I want Christmas in <laughs> July, uh, not now, but like say after next year or something. Rather than four years, it's two. I'd be fine with okay, that. Okay. Uh, we're we're gonna get into a little bit of a big picture conversation, and uh, it's gonna center around Travis Kanekani. But first, I gotta tell you about our friends at Hero Bread. Listen, I think this time of year. We could all use a little help making some better decisions. I know with football every Sunday, tons of hockey games, such a good slate last night uh, and tonight flyers, obviously. Uh, Not to mention there's holiday parties coming up. I know I made my Thanksgiving plans today, all of that around the corner. Uh, I'm going to be taking in a lot of calories and a lot of carbs, specifically As a beverage and now (laughs) i'm told that that's not like the best choice for maintaining a healthy healthy lifestyle but that's where hero bread comes in hero makes sliced breads buns and tortillas they're available on hero.co and amazon i've been making a ton of quesadillas with the uh, tortillas but all of their products have hit the spot for me this bread is soft fluffy and delicious lots of fiber zero net carbs it's tremendous and right now Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam ten percent off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O.co to save ten percent today. Uh, I want to get into that Travis Connecty conversation now because um, I'm just uh, you got me excited, Charlie. Okay. I'm excited about where this thing is going yeah. and. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Probably not. You know, it, it's it would be surprising, especially if like it's a very deep especially Eastern Conference. it's it's a very like that's the Buffalo had ninety one points last year. They missed by a game. You know, this yeah. is a this is a you got to get ninety five points to like maybe ensure your playoffs. and that would be a pretty damn big jump. That's yeah. a 20-point jump from last year. Yeah. Uh, but Travis Konechny, now he scores his ninth goal of the season in the first period. Dude could have had like 3-4 tonight. Tons he sure, of chances. He sure could have, yeah. He's um, everywhere. Nine goals. That is uh, the most in the NHL, tied with some pretty damn good dudes. Travis Konechny is killing it. He is signed through next year at $5.5 million. We had like a conversation after the first period where, you know, we've talked about what shape this rebuild's going to take and does it just does it even make sense to you know they like Konechny they want to keep him but does it actually make sense when we're saying they might be ahead of the curve that could very well mean it actually does make sense to keep Travis Konechny in orange and black for a long time yeah I,
0: I think that's kind of the, the more I see of this team and the more they keep doing this. Now, if we get to game 30 and they look like a total dumpster fire, that changes things. But we're 11 games in and this Flyers team looks pretty darn good structurally. It looks like a lot of the young guys We're going to get into Joel Faraby a little bit later. But Bobby Brink looks good. Like pieces are coming into place much quicker than I think we either expected or even hoped they would. And suddenly, a guy like Travis Konechny, who he has one more year left on his deal, $5.5 million cap it, he'll be a UFA after that. So you're going to have to make a decision. And July my,
1: 1, he's uh, eligible for an extension. Eligible
0: for an extension, July 1, you're eligible to sign a guy. You're allowed to sign a guy to an extension You know, once we get to the year before his, his contract expires. The way I'd always look to Konechny was this. If the Flyers aren't going to have any shot at, Contending for a Stanley Cup until it's, you know, four or five years down the road. If that's the timeline that we're looking at, it makes zero sense to re sign Travis Konechny because the thing is, is that you're going to be through three years of his next contract, probably the good years of that contract before he starts declining, before you're actually looking to, you know, be anything more than a team that's just trying to sell tickets. However, If this team could be ready in two to three years to be regularly in the playoffs and then you're building from there, suddenly, hey, you sign Travis Konechny to a six-year deal after next season, maybe by year two, the Flyers are in the mix. And then you get year two, year three, year four of a real good Travis Konechny on a pretty good cap hit for what he provides. Because look at it. So over the last two years, Travis Konechny has 40 goals in 71 games. That's the stat
1: you threw at me. That is wild. In his last 71, he has 40 goals. Like If he is a legitimate 40-goal scorer, I know we keep saying they don't have the high-end talent. They do. They might. If he, if <laughs> he's a forty goal scorer, he's still not as.
0: And I, I told you best, this. He's not yeah. the best player on a cup contender. He's probably not the second best player in a cup contender. But as you're getting further down, you're like, yeah, like you know, the fourth fourth best player on a, on a cup and contender. Or if you got you got a superstar, you got another big time goal scorer, you got a number one defenseman. Like yeah, Travis Konechny is kind of that next tier down. At least he's looking
1: like it. And just like I love. You know, there were so many early career comparisons to uh, Brad Marchand, and you look at how he is, and of course, like, you know, he did what he did last night, so everyone's like, oh, Marchand up to his old tricks. But you just see how he's matured from like rat faced asshole to one of the best players in the league, and it was like a gradual incline. I kind of see a similar trajectory, and I'm not saying he's going to be the captain, not saying he's going to be a perennial all star, but. He's been really impressive. And what has impressed me the most, like when I think of Konechny at his best, I think of the, uh, I guess I think of 1920 when he's on the line with Couturier and Giroux. And it's like, well, yeah, Couturier's getting them in the offensive zone. (laughs) One of the best playmakers in the league is finding him. Yeah, he's having a nice season. Yeah, He's not doing it with Sean Couturier. I mean, Couturier doesn't play tonight, but... I mean, tonight he just manufactured his goal. Yeah. He forces a turnover and then goes down the ice and scores. The you, only don't need, you don't I, need a center for that. I looked up his scoring log. The only point of TKs that Kootz has factored in on was connect these power play goal against An- Anaheim. Okay. He has been doing this with this team's second-tier players. Yeah. He has been the best player on his line, and he's been extremely productive. Yeah. like So if we do kind of pencil him in as that second-line guy that we always kind of thought he is, now it's... He's anchoring an excellent second line, and I don't see why he can't if he's doing it right now, and he has for the last two years. Exactly, and that's the thing, too. You know, when we get
0: caught up in this idea of, is this player a first-liner, is this player a second-liner, or whatever, what it really boils down to, and this is the part that fans sometimes maybe forget when they're trying to figure out, like, okay, how does everybody slot in? Travis Konechny on a great team probably is on the second line that does not mean he's a second liner that means that the best teams have first line caliber players on their second lines that's why they're the best teams like that's how you win cups if you have a team where you have Your first line is full of first-line caribou players. Your second line is full of of second-line caribou players, and then it goes down from there. You're not going to win anything. No, third lines win cups. Yeah. You you know what what you're going to do? You're going to make the playoffs every year, probably, because you have a deep team where everybody's slotted incorrectly, and they're going to lose in the first round because you're going to play against a team that has John Tavares as their third-line center.
1: I always think (laughs) of the – I think of those – the – the penguins teams that won back to back and it's they have that hbk third line yeah it's like yeah phil kessel and his primes on your third line you're a pretty damn good exactly. Team. Like, exactly i always think of that like is phil kessel a third liner at that point no and that's why they won every matchup yep like yeah crosby he's one of the best players of all time but he's up against one C's every night they're gonna cancel each other out probably malkin yeah that's a that's a good second line matchup advantage yeah but in the Eastern Conference final and the Stanley Cup final, you're probably against a great team too. So they have someone. And then the third line is where you start to see those differences. Like, I think that's what we really saw with um, Tampa. Like, the way they came at you with, yeah. oh, yeah, look at our third line. It's better than your second. You know, like that's, and that's what I'm seeing with this Flyers team now is, yeah, Noah Cates. Three C, that'll work. Yeah, that place that will work. That place. I'm, I'm just, I'm very excited about the future of this team. I don't want to like get so far ahead of myself that we forget the present because they look really good right now. Yeah, but at the end of the day, are still just a 500 team. But. That also works for the rebuild, you know. Yeah, like, it's not bad. It's not the worst thing in the world. We, we all agree they need a number one defenseman. Yeah. It would be great
0: to get that guy in the top 10 and if you can do it while also making legitimate improvements to your underlying quality of play, that's kind of the best of both worlds here.
1: Let's talk about your boy Faraby. Hell yeah. Um, two assists tonight, doesn't score a goal. Could have a couple, had a, had a few good looks, but that play he made to set up the uh to set up the brink goal. Yeah. To handle that pass, make the move along the boards, and then wait it out to be able to lead, brink right into it, that's a that's an all-star play. Yeah. Like, that is him at his absolute best. And we think of him as a goal scorer, but that other stuff, you know, playing the neutral zone, being able to lead that pass that splits the defenseman. That's sick.
0: Yeah, and he's the one who starts the play off to begin with by forcing the turnover at the top yes. of the point. Like, this is what we envision Joel Faraby being. And, and I had a good conversation with Torts on Wednesday about him because we talked about it on the show. My thing about Joel Faraby coming into the season is that I wanted Joel Faraby to show me what kind of player he wanted to be. If you want to be a goal scorer, go be a goal scorer. Go score 35, 40 a year. That's great. I think you have the talent to do that. If you want to be a dominant two-way winger in the just- Williams mode, cool, own that role, do that and be that guy. Well, what we're seeing this year is kind of like him doing the the why not both meme. (laughs) Like he's kind of doing both. Like he's got which is which is score a lot
1: of goals and be real good two way. It is the comparison you made early on simone gagne yeah and i don't want to listen simone gagne had a couple of 40 goal seasons he's one of the most clutch flyers we've had uh like in my lifetime a lot of big goals dude, dude was maybe one of the most underrated players of his generation quite honestly i think he's to, to me simone gagne he's called is the the he called him the signature player of the two signature player of the 2000s Hold and i don't think you're wrong um if farabee can be some semblance of that jesus he's good and what i've really loved. Not just him, but the chemistry he's developing with Bobby Brink. Uh, Both Brink and Farabee got assists on Lawton's goal. Farabee has nine points this year. Brink has factored into them somehow on seven. Nice. These two are uh, Jake and G. Yeah. No,
0: they're clicking. They're clicking. And you love to see it because, I mean, I'm not going to say that he's, you know, one of those guys is Jake, one of those guys is Giroux. Brink should go to the Hall of Fame, and Jake was an excellent player for a long time. Yes, but... I love the chemistry. I love the fact that those two guys are looking for each other out there. Like, even though on that first goal, the goal that Lawton scores, like, there was never a sequence where Brink passed the puck directly to Farabee or Farabee passed the puck directly to Brink. You could tell that they just sort of knew where each other were, and that's how they were able to execute that clean entry with Lawton. And one thing it also shows, because for the for most of this time, Noah Cates has been the center on that line. Yeah. They move Noah Cates up because Sean Gautere uh, uh, misses the game. And with a new center, and like Lawton, I like Scott Lawton, he's no superstar. With a new center, they didn't miss a beat, the other two wingers. They looked like just
1: as comfortable as they did with Cates. The passing play to set up that Far or to set up the Lawton goal. Like nice shot by Lawton. He scored it. Good yeah. for him. Had him at plus three sixty. Hope you listen to my uh listen to my bets today. <laughs> I think we went like two and three, but the the Lawton number paid itself off. Um it, like that is that's high-end stuff. Yeah. Like, what they did to set up that Lawton goal, yeah. that's as good as it gets for, for a couple of guys. Like, Bobby Brink, you know, this is, what, his 15th career game? Yeah, he hasn't like, played much. Has not played much and looked, has looked outstanding. This, um, I didn't even see. I saw that you put some stats mm-hmm. in here for Faraby. Entered tonight with a sixty nine nice point five seven percent expected goal share. That seems like a lot. It's seventy percent of the expected goals when he's on the ice are for the Flyers. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like and like Noah Cates might explain some of that, but not all of it. But he's also got nine points in (laughs) eleven games. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Farabee's the one who's scoring.
1: Yeah, he's doing the he's doing the scoring. Yeah, him and Brink. No,
0: Farabee, and it's. It's funny because there was actually a question in my mailbag where the person who asked it was like, does that, Farabee look rusty to you? And while I understood, because the question was, do Farabee and Lawton look rusty? And my answer was basically like, look, I can see where you're coming from with Lawton. I think Lawton's been fine. He it was a, good to see him get on the scoreboard finally with a goal. But if you broke down his his underlying numbers, he basically was just playing like Scott Lawton, just hadn't scored a goal yet. I got why you could watch Scott Lawton play and say, he's not making that big of an impact. want to see a little bit more from him. I understand that i've watched joel Faraby this season and i see a guy who's faster i see a guy who's stronger and i see a guy who's consistently showing me creativity in a way that he just wasn't last year and going back to what i said about tortorella i asked tortorella what do you think joel Faraby can be what kind of player can he be and Torres basically said i I think he can do everything. He's like, he's not quite, he's like, he's not quite there yet, but I think he can both be the guy who I put on the ice when we're down a goal with the goalie pulled and we need to score. And a guy I put on the ice when they've pulled the goalie and we're trying to kill a game. He's like, I'm thinking about throwing him a net tomorrow. He's like, I think he could develop into a guy who does everything for me. And number one, that's it's good to hear from a guy in John Torrell who like look i think i know hockey i will never say i know more hockey than an nhl friggin' head coach who's going to the hall of fame some of them
1: but yeah not not not, not yeah. that one yeah.
0: plus it's really reassuring because i think last year torts wasn't completely sold on Faraday. Yeah. And he kind of made the decision that I'm going to consider that to be a wash year because he came back early from the injury, didn't really have a summer. Okay, water under the bridge, let's see how you do this year. And John Tortorella seems like someone who's like yo I like what I see in this kid this is the real Joel Faraby. it's fun he's been one of low-key my favorite players to watch this season because I really do think he might be in the midst of taking that leap that we want him to take
1: I mean he's right there um I guess I guess if I'm going to try to understand the question is he rusty it's he's had a ton of chances and hasn't buried them. Fair. Like, maybe just the stick work, whatever, the angles. I don't know how you score goals. I couldn't do it in high school. I certainly (laughs) couldn't do it in the fucking NHL. Fair. Uh, So, like, maybe it's just that stuff, and it's, well, if he's back, you know, we expected this guy to be a 35-goal scorer, and, well, he's... On a pretty good pace right now, so yep. we'll see. But very happy with what I'm seeing out of Farabee and the Flyers as a whole. And maybe you're thinking, so am I, man. i got to get down to the Wells Fargo Center. Wasn't really, wasn't really planning on going to many games this year, but the Flyers are just way more fun than I thought. And how are you going to do that? You do it with game time, baby. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee – You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has tickets right up to the day of the event, which is huge because Flyers are right back home tomorrow, Saturday night at the Wells Fargo Center to take on the L.A. Kings. I bet that's going to be a pretty fun game. Kings are a damn good team. Saturday Night Hockey. No yeah. complaints. little hockey night in Philly. Uh, get a couple of fights. We're going to get to the fights later. but uh, So maybe you want to use Game Time to go there. You should absolutely do it because you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And more includes hockey. Uh, the Game <laughs> Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag to tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code PHLY for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed uh yeah Faraby has been has been really really good do you think he is like where does he sl- we're talking about me or maybe he really is a first line player. If he's on your second line, you have a sick second line. Yeah. We've been juggling the idea of what exactly you said coming into this year, I want to find out what Farabee is. Now, eleven games in, I'm not asking you to make declarative, this is definitely what he is. But what we're seeing right now out of he and Bobby Brink to some extent, where does he slot in on this? Uh, trademarked next great Flyers team? It's an interesting question. I mean, to me,
0: if this is, and I'm certainly not expecting the Flyers to continue to collect 70% of the expected goals when he's on the ice. Like Be surprised. That's going to come down a little bit. But to me, like this version of Joel Faraby, if he can hold this level of, of play on the whole through the rest of the year, I mean, to me, he's a clear-cut top sixer. And one thing that he does have going for him, now this might change a little bit, if Gauthier doesn't prove to be a center in the NHL, they don't have a lot of left. They have wings. zero left wingers. So like Joel Farabee might end up being a first liar is, by default. He is the only <laughs> left winger
1: that they have. Uh, and to his credit, he has been taking advantage of the opportunity yeah. he's getting. Got to talk about Tyson Forster now. Okay. On a line with TK and Frost. Uh, has looked good, is getting chances, cashed his uh, over one and a half shots tonight. So that was real nice. Had two shots on goal, Loving plus that. two, but no points. It's coming. But like, when, Charlie,
0: when? Well, the good news is is that enough other guys are going that they're, it's not killing them that Tyson Forrester isn't scoring. That said, you really would like to see him score no, some freaking goals. That's the thing is now
1: we're getting to the point if like some of these guys who we're expecting a little more out of get going, we are fucking talking playoffs. Like, If Tyson Forrester starts scoring, that yeah. means all three lines are scoring. I, I just all four now yeah. that the fourth line's going. That's fair. I just want to see like
0: it's it's honestly gotten past the point where I'm worried about his development and I'm worried about whether they're going to set is him just down. Ridiculous. It's more now. just like I just want the kid to freaking score. score
1: like, <laughs> no, that's like getting frustrated isn't the way. Like I'm not frustrated with him. It's just like oh Jesus Christ, what now? Yeah. Like oh, really, that one didn't go. You know, and it's yeah. he's still making plays out there. It's not as if he's just ripping and it's not ha- like he looks good. But coming in, I just had such high expectations for him, and that was another question: uh, like when, when, when is the dam going to break for him that I took in the uh, that I took in the mini mailbag? And it's like, I, I, I mean, no one knows the answer. When? Yeah. But I said to him, like watching one shift of his tonight, where it was like he was this close, and just things went wrong like three times in a row. It's like he's not going to get one; he's going to get three. Yeah. His first game. That he finally lights the lamp, bring a, bring a shitty old hat you don't care about losing. <laughs> like, I, I truly believe this at this point. Like Bobby Brink, he had two when he finally got one. Like It's going to happen at some point. Yeah. But last year, I guess this is a surprise to me because he was effective right away last year, and maybe that's just... Beginner's luck, yeah, or the fact that percentage—he was, like, was already in, like he he had
0: been playing the whole year in the AHL, so he came in probably feeling good about his yeah. game. Whereas now, like I don't think he didn't, playing have, a camp, yeah, didn't, didn't have, have a great camp, didn't have a great preseason. Exactly, I just think now he's gripping the stick way too tight because he's thinking to himself, "I need to score, I need to score." And to his credit, it's not like the rest of his game has fallen off. I think he's playing really strong defense. I think he's been good along the boards. He's he's had some nice passes. It's just he's not scoring. And, and the thing that hurts him too, and this is, while it's partially on him because he's a part of it, one thing that is really hurting him is just how pathetic the power play is. Because look, Tyson Forrester I think is going to be a power play weapon at the NHL level, but he's never going to be the guy who like does all the puck stuff. He's the guy who you stick in a spot and you say, Hey, the guy who's doing the puck stuff is going to get you the puck and you're going to blast it in and score. And the thing is, is that the flyers, a lot of times seem like they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off, whether it's trying to get up ice or when they get up ice, it's like, okay, now we're here. Now, what do we do? And y- you would think that if they had a better handle on what this power play is supposed to be, that maybe he would have lucked into a few like top corner one timer shots where the goalie just can't get over in time, but he's not getting those because the power plays a mess.
1: And I will say because of their a complete lack of left wingers, Like, you want those guys reversed on the power play to set up one-time opportunities. I didn't notice what—I honestly didn't even take note of what the power play lines were tonight. But it was noted last game. Well, we have Tippett and Forster on the same power play, and Tippett's in, you know, the Ovechkin spot— How's Forster ever supposed to get his shot off if he's like all the he's got the puck over here, like he's outside the hash mark right-handed, like he's not gonna score from over there. Exactly. That's where the defense wants the puck on the penalty kill. Like it's kind of redundant if they could figure out a way to get both of them in that spot on separate units, but also they don't have enough guys for one good power play (laughs) unit, let alone two. Exactly. Like who's the is Ryan Paling your center of the second power play? I don't even know at this point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's fair. And Look, I think Forrester, I think it's going to come. It it seems like they've decided that they're going to wait it out with him because they're seeing enough good things that they're not just going to give up on him and send him down to score some goals in the AHL. And he's not like, yeah, want him to score. He's not playing bad. No, he's not. He's not playing bad. He's not dragging down his line. He's making plays. He's being a a conscientious two-way player, and they're willing to wait on it. And I think that's the right way to do this because, look – we spent the first half of the show talking about how impressive the Flyers are, you know, how the fact they're exceeding our expectations, about all the good things they're doing in terms of outshooting, outchancing the opposition, playing well against good teams. We still do have to remember the point of this season is development. The point of this season is building for the future, not trying to win one extra game in November. Like, And this, I think... If, if Tyson Forrester was looking like Emile Andre, where I it looked like Emile Andre was overwhelmed, yeah. get him down. Yeah, he doesn't look overwhelmed. He looks very
1: comfortable, other than the fact he can't score a freaking goal yet. And I think that's going to come. I I tend to agree. Uh, speaking of guys who looked uncomfortable, Sam Erson, uh, Wednesday— Looked, past tense. Yes, looked. Uh, Wednesday, obviously— not a not a a night for the highlight reel for Sam Harrison. Um It wasn't it, that no, it, it wasn't we, like he was even bad. It was just it was, he, he just, didn't make that big stop. Yeah, like needed. they needed him to make a stop. Yeah, and it was uh, like the goals that went in. It was like yeah, they had a they had another odd man rush. Like they're supposed to score. Yeah, when the Flyers don't score on odd, odd man rushes, we don't go oh goalie was great. We go what the fuck did you you screwed it up? It was two yeah. on one. That's a good you know point. like they're supposed to score. But every now and then you gotta steal one. He, he made get a, saves, yeah, but he you, didn't steal any. You gotta get that, a big save. That leads to them losing the way they did despite vastly outplaying Buffalo tonight in the first period. Now granted, what did Buffalo have? Like two, three shots in the first period, not you many. know? <laughs> it was not a ton, so you didn't really get a good look, but I thought first like twenty, twenty-five minutes of this game, Airson still wasn't like impressing me. And then he seemed to really lock in. Yeah. Like it looked like he got a couple of shots, got his confidence back, and then after he let in he finally let in a goal, wasn't a great goal to let in. He came right back, made a save after that, didn't kill him. He looked like a guy that you can at least count on to be the backup right now. Yeah, well, now they might need to be more well, than that. Well, now he give- needs to, Cal Peterson's the backup, so yeah. he needs to play every yeah. fucking night. Yeah. And Felix Sandstrom, <laughs> this is something I wanted to get to, too. Uh, Bob Rochuk, who if you don't know, he's the Phantoms radio guy. He's a great Twitter follow. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted that Sandstrom left the game with an upper body injury uh, tonight for Lehigh Valley. So number three is hurt. <laughs> yeah. Number one is hurt. Cal Peterson uh, hasn't stopped. Come a puck. on down. Cal Peterson hasn't stopped a puck in about three years. Uh, his I, I, I looked up his Phantoms numbers and they're garbage. They're um, not good. He's terrible. So Sam Harrison probably going to be playing a ton he's gonna have to look good and yeah. he did he did well, tonight
0: presumably peterson will play tomorrow you would night have to think his old back-to-back. team back to back yeah you, you might get some fuel want to show your old team they were wrong to give up on you yeah. whatever even though they were honestly right to give they up were on very him, much right given the how poorly he played in this final couple years in la that said going back to urson because he's the he's the more important topic i really liked his game what i liked the most about it and and Brian Boucher understandably he's a goalie he knows how these things work he pointed this out on the broadcast so I'm more echoing him but I had the same feeling I loved how he responded to the goal he gave up because that was not a good goal yeah. you know Yokohama is not a great player he, he's a he's a defenseman he's not like a sniper or anything and honestly Ericsson just kind of whiffed on it you know it, it's a, it's a distant shot he missed you got to make that save he missed okay you're up four nothing now you're up 4-1 fine We'd love for you to make that save, but there's a cushion. It's cool. Then Buffalo gets some momentum. Now they're down three goals, but hey, get another quick goal. Suddenly it's a game. And I, was, I, I tweeted this out. I was literally in the process of, of breaking down the first goal that he gave up, the only goal he gave up, with you while we're watching in the studio. And I said, you know, he's got to make that stop. It's not like Yokohar's used Tage Thompson. And then as I'm saying Thompson it, rips one Thompson, from the slot. It was a good shot. <laughs> yes. Like, it was a good shot. It did it it look ticketed. And Arison just, like, whips out his pad and makes, makes a big save. And that was— 30 seconds after he gave up a bad right goal away. and then he's facing off against one of the best shooters in hockey yeah, he like right now. 46
1: 47 yeah. last year or something and like that and he makes a
0: big save and it just it was one of those moments where we were like that's the Sam Arison I remember from last year that's that guy that John Tortorella really likes his attitude he likes his confidence he likes his his general ability to shake off bad things that's the Arison that has the Flyers so excited and it made me feel better about the possibility of Arison maybe having to hold down the four for a couple weeks, depending on how long Carter Hart is out with this injury.
1: I just have to mention, since you brought up uh, Tortorella and how his, his affinity for Sam Arison, uh, it's funny. You're not on the trip. So you watched the, uh, you watched his his pregame availability uh, the way I did. And I got to tell you, as someone who's like, I like John Tortorella, but I also like, there's a, Sometimes I'm like, ah, he's a little much." I, I don't Fair. know. Sometimes I'm like, I think, I, I think his, his players think his, the same no, thing. Not even his personality, <laughs> just like uh, sometimes I don't know if he's right for a rebuilding team. Fair. I go back and forth on his fit, but ultimately like I just kind of like him as a coach. Um, I absolutely love him now. He's he's way up there for me simply because he believes uh, he did not say this word for word, but it, it really just kind of sounded like he believes goalies aren't people either. And <laughs> I I just absolutely love that. Like, he, they ask him, you know, like, you probably don't know much. You probably came into the year not knowing much about Sam. He's like, still don't know anything about him. <laughs> and he's like, I haven't said a word to him. <laughs> The goalie coach has got it. I stay out of the way. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Dude, I love you. <laughs> he just stopped the puck, it's just, man. It's all I all I ever ask of my goalies is stop the puck. That's <laughs> that's it. And I I just truly truly love that. And speaking of Urson, I think it's a good time for Bill Matz's three stars of the game. Hey, uh, nice. Uh, we got to start out with the winning goaltender tonight. Nice bounce-back performance for him. Uh, stopped 21 of 22. It is Mr. Samuel Erson, Uh coming in at star number two. couple of assists. We just love the way he's been playing. Him and Brink are a dynamic duo. Got to give it to Joel Faraby, star number two of the game. And my first star, Charlie. That's right. He gets number one because not only did he score... Well, he whooped some ass in a fight tonight. He did. Garnett Hathaway. Oh, he did. Uh, you know, you, I'm familiar with Hathaway's game. You know, he's he, he was in uh, Washington for a while. Gets traded up to Boston last year yeah, to join time Calgary to join before, them for their uh, yeah, yeah. to join them for their run. And you were like, you know because I was critical of the signing. I was like it just doesn't make sense to me. He's a right winger and that's literally all we have. <laughs> yeah, it's the true. only thing we have and they brought in another one. You're like, "Yeah, but for us, like he's a fun player to watch and yeah, he uh, is. if the games are all going to suck at least and they haven't, but coming into the year, we didn't know that. If they're all going to suck, at least there's one guy who's going to be a little bit more entertaining. Oh, I was entertained tonight. <laughs> are that, you not entertained? <laughs> I was thoroughly entertained tonight. <laughs> Uh, like, he, he absolutely eviscerated Dylan Cousins. Like <laughs> what was Dylan Cousins thinking? Like <laughs> Hathaway, if you if you missed like the sequence, it was near the end of the game. The flyers are up five one. Um Hathaway throws a nice hit. It was a hard hit, but it, it wasn't. Was clean. It wasn't anything like yeah. to write home about. It was just, it was just a, a normal, normal, a normal hit in a hockey game. Yeah. And Cousins, he's just pissed off. He's losing five one. Throws a little cross check in Hathaway's back. Hathaway just gets up and be like, "That's all I needed." <laughs> he was like, "Thank you." Yeah. You know, what? gave me a reason. You gave me all the reason I needed, and just gloves off, hammering him. Before Cousins like, Cousins thought it was going to be a shoving match. He didn't think it was going to be a fight. No. And Hathaway was like, "Nah, this is a fucking fight, bro." Yeah. And I can't believe the refs didn't step in sooner i thought they were gonna stop but it i'm happy they didn't yeah <laughs> that was a hell of a tough and the thing
0: is like sometimes you have fights where like there's a lot of punches thrown but not a lot land. to connect oh he was landing them he was like four for <laughs> four he was like <laughs> yeah. he, he got like three or four good ones in tonight uh well, one, one thing about hathaway the fact you have him as your your number one star i don't think you were the only one i believe based on what i saw from twitter he got the
1: dog mask Oh, there we go, boys! There we go! I so love the, the, I, the boys. Agreed with you. I, I, how could you not? I mean, <laughs> that fourth line—they they took some heat uh, when they were assembled, and it was like right away. Ooh, I don't think Tortorella is all that interested in breaking them up. Eventually, he did for a couple of games, right. and now with the Katori uh, with you know, with the depth issues that they're having. Everyone's out there. We get both rookies, we get Frost, and we get the fourth line, yeah. and they get their first—they uh, get their first goal as a trio tonight. Uh, when Hathaway scored his first, Lawton was the center of the line, but now all of PhD was out there. I, I, like I think it was Tuesday, the one live show we did this week. When I was like, "Listen, I am entertained by that fourth line, but is it really that necessary for a rebuilding team to have the energy culture line?" It is for me. I, it's I, I actually,
0: it, it, it's, it's worth it. Get, guess who led the, uh, the flyers
1: in high danger scoring
0: chances tonight.
1: Our boy, Nick Deloria. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I said, I said, I think it was again on Tuesday when we quoted Tortorella and it was like through the first five games, uh, Delorier was second on the team in scoring chances. And I was like, listen, he's been great. But if he was who was ever keeping the stats as huffing <laughs> yeah. glue, if that's the case, honestly, I wouldn't even be shocked if he's top five on the team and scoring chances. That line makes shit happen. Yeah. Like, it's hard to argue with a line that's good. Like we can have our preconceived notions about what should and shouldn't be. But when the guys go out and perform, like what can the coach do? Like, yeah, but you're not supposed to be part of this thing. Yeah. So I got to sit you like they're here and they're good. So they exactly. have to play.
0: Exactly. Like that, that's what I was telling people on Twitter when they were saying, well, just benched DeLaurier, and it's like look I get where you're coming from He's an integral be, part be, of this be, because historically if you look at his his career metrics if you look at his career track record yes he on paper looks like the weak link in this lineup who should not be playing when Morgan Frost is sitting I agree with you however if you're watching the games you you can see that he's playing well, and a coach can't go into the room and and continue to try to proclaim that this is a meritocracy.
1: The guys know. The That's guys, what they always say. Yeah, the boys know. The
0: boys know who's playing well, and anyone who's watching the Flyers can tell that DeLaurier is playing well. Like, you can't go in there and be like, yeah, we're sitting DeLaurier because reasons. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, DeLaurier looks good. Like, Nick's doing what he's supposed to do out there. Like, Ryan Paling had a couple, eh, games. He got pulled out, pulled out of the lineup. Delory really hasn't had med games. Now he's not scoring a ton. We're not expecting him to do that,
1: but he's playing well. What, you have six points last year. Like he ain't yeah, gonna score. Like he's
0: playing pretty well. And like I'm not saying that if that there isn't a scenario where he could, where I would want him to be benched, where I would watch him for five games and be like, hey, yeah, he's not really doing anything other than he had two fights and that was it. But like on the ice, he's a liability. Get him out. And I will happily, not happily, but I'll be, I'll, I will. I will be happy to
1: say, say the truth. I think Deloria should yeah. be out of the lineup, but I'm watching these games, and he should not be out of the lineup right now. He's playing well. I will say that we were joking. Like when Hathaway gets in that fight, is Deloria still only at one this year? He might I think say. he only has one. Like, yeah. he's got to be dying to get in one. Yeah, like I mean, it makes sense. He's a heavyweight, and there's only like three left, and like he can't fight himself. So unless they. Play Toronto. There's yeah. only so many guys who are even gonna be willing to fight him. But well, he just had the one that was like at the start of the game. The, right? He started the yeah. game, was it Maroon, I think? Yeah, that's right. And it's right. like, yeah, the dude's yeah. nine feet tall. He'll and he wanted no part of that. He yeah. said yes, but once Delaurier got inside on him, he was like, Nope. <laughs> I'm using my reach to keep you away until we fall down. Like he wanted and yeah. Maroon's gigantic and wanted no part yeah, of it. It wasn't it wasn't the most fun fight. It wasn't. It was a he he didn't want it. Uh, yeah. but DeLurier has looked good. I don't think you can do what he does, but if you want to look good, you got to go with FOCO, because FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for game day, and that's not all. Accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items. You've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. Charlie, I've been looking for something that's cool enough to replace the overalls. And I think I found them. They have these like reversible blanket hoodies i was gonna actually make vince buy me one to do the uh the late night post games next okay. week but since we're not doing the late night post games right. next week i guess i'm not gonna force them to spend money on something i'm not even gonna get get to wear on post game <laughs> uh but i think those are the thing that when the flyers uh actually we believe that they're as good as they look maybe they will start replacing the overalls i might have to might have to rock one for a post game or two okay. but okay. uh you got it you can get them right at foco you know they always have our back for Philly sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. And for all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY for 10% off. That's promo code PHLY FOCO. I love them. Uh, that, that's your new tagline for them? I love you. I, lo- I love you. <laughs> I, love <lamp. laughs> yeah, uh, I love Lamp. I
0: love Lamp. <laughs> Real quick, want to jump in here. We had a, a question here from, uh, from Dylan M. Any plans for future tailgates, PHLY Flyers events? Last weekend was a lot of fun. Dylan, glad you had a good time. And yes, there will be more events coming. I do think... You we- know
1: the dates of these things. I have not committed them yes. to memory yet. Should we... Are we allowed
0: to say I, I, what they are? I don't are? think we're quite at that point yet. I don't think yet. we're there yet. What I will say is that my plan, and I, I want this to be a thing, I want there to be a PHLY Flyers event once a month. So last month was a tailgate. I think we might stay away from the outdoor tailgates for a little bit, given we're moving into the winter months. a and little chilly. I don't want anyone to get frostbite in a parking lot in South Philadelphia. But just maybe later on in november we may be having an indoor event at a place of of imbibing let's say a place of imbibing let's say that that (laughs) that maybe that could be coming down the road so keep an eye out we'll have more details on that but to answer your question dylan yes that is something i definitely want to do in terms of having more events and i want it to be a month on a monthly basis so those are
1: coming keep an eye out we've said it from the beginning it's it was always the next step for us, whether it was BSH or whatever happened, and whatever happened is where we are now. Heyo. Like we've always wanted to be able to get to the point where, yeah, you know, Festivus is dope, draft party is dope. We have this awesome community. Let's get together and enjoy this ridiculous fucking hockey team <laughs> uh, as much as possible. And I think we're gonna get to a place where we can actually do that. Yes, and it's exciting, man. Like, and it's very helpful that the teams like on board. Yeah. (laughs) They're watchable. Listen, man, it's all well and good to like plan these things and have these ideas. And then when they have four wins at Christmas, it's like, who's showing up? Yeah, exactly. I always think back to the draft party and it was like an hour beforehand, they trade their pick for Linen, And I'm like, well, Who's gonna come? And, and like people did people actually they, show they up. Did come. People did. I was shocked. Like I, I thought I was gonna show up and have my worst nightmare unfold—a party that no one shows up to. <laughs> uh, but uh, people, you know, the support we've had forever is awesome. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep having things to keep you hooked with us. That's. I think that's what I'm getting at here. So I'm very excited for that, and I'm excited to relearn the details of this next one because that's out of my mind completely. <laughs> uh, do you think there's anything else we need to? Uh, we need to address... Prior to uh, I, we need, be, I need to address. We'll be right back here tomorrow for the post game. Uh, seven thirty start. It's a Star Wars night, I believe, down at the. West no, York. it's a military appreciation. Military appreciation yes. is next week Star Wars. Star night? Wars
0: night is coming at some point this okay. month. I don't know the exact, but yeah, this is this is military appreciation. I feel actually, such an asshole <laughs> well, missing,
1: well, mixing those two things. up. I mean, there, there's there, there's war thank in the for, name. Yeah, thank you for your <laughs> service, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, they they actually had uh, oh. they had the USO at practice. I believe it was. I Wednesday. I did see this, yes. Um. The the players invited uh you know service members from all the different branches uh to come out on the ice. It was really nice. John Tortorella always gets really excited about these sorts of things. They did something similar last year. So yeah, Military Appreciation Night is tomorrow. Obviously, the Flyers are playing tomorrow. It's a 7:30 p.m. start. I will be covering the game from the arena, but I will be calling in the post game as JP I've been doing. And I
1: will be right here in studio. Oh, since. That's, I read about Military Appreciation Night and Meltzer's piece today, and that reminded me of the last thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost. <laughs> Obviously, oh, we geez. draw the line oh, from Bill Meltzer to Morgan Frost, and it's all in good fun. It is. I love Bill, uh, but he is like the resident Morgan he Frost He is the guy. number one Morgan like, Frost fan. He is. That's just his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A little piece of him, that's, like, you made the joke of the night tonight when they took away the assist on the Uh, Belpedio goal, you're like, a little piece of Bill Meltzer just died because they took away Frost's assist. He finally got on the scoreboard, and no, he didn't. I thought he played well tonight. I I thought thought he was making
0: plays. I thought he was making... Actually, he had a couple really good defensive plays, too. Like, I thought he had a a strong game. He at the
1: defensive blue line I saw. I thought he had a strong game. He just, you know, he's just not breaking through yet. At the end of the day, and you've said it, he's a points producer. That is his value. If he is not producing points, we're going to need more out of him. But, like... He's, he's another one. You get like, the sense that he's due. It might, maybe it's a game where Forrester's going to get a hat trick and Frost is going to assist on all three goals. That it's, it just feels like it's coming. Like I, was, I thought Frost's first game back from, the, uh, from his six-game absence, he was very good, doesn't register a point. I thought he was mostly unnoticeable until late in the third last game. You had a different view of it. We differed there. Tonight, I thought he looked a lot more noticeable like his first game back, but ultimately still hasn't yeah, you got to score And when you're <laughs> one of those guys like you are kind of depending on your line mates to finish sure and you know last game if you're <laughs> wednesday's game if you're a dude who needs your teammates to finish you ain't gonna look that great yeah, when true. they just cannot yeah. and then tonight he had some opportunities to put some points on the board he has one assist taken away has set up a few more but he's gonna break through he's not like as much as i'm like eh, on morgan frost He's good. Yeah, he's 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 a perfectly fine NHL player. Yeah, he's a perfectly fine player. He just... We're trying to find out if he's... Oh, no, we got to keep this guy or whatever. That's what we're trying to find out. And so far... He's playing well, but not well enough exactly. in my mind. No, That's I th- it.
0: I think it's fair to say that while it's not that he's playing poorly, and I certainly don't want him coming out of the lineup again anytime soon. Wouldn't make sense. And now with Couturier Hurt, yeah. like, who's going to play? If you're if your calling card is being an offensive point producer, you have to find a way to produce points.
1: Yeah. And he hasn't yet, but hey. We got 71 more games for him to do it. We certainly do, Charlie. And I think that about wraps it up to tonight. For tonight, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Follow our podcast wherever you get them. Go to allphly.com. Become a diehard member. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. That's real important. Keep joining us for these live shows. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow for post game following the uh, Kings game. All right, my name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. Have a great weekend, Philly.